Hey, hey, what is up, spiritual hooligans? Is enlightenment permanent? When you go into enlightened states, do you enter into a state of everlasting nirvana? Will enlightenment fade away at some point? Is it variable? Does it, uh, are there times when you feel enlightened and times when you're not? Well, I just wrote a new blog post on this and it was really inspired by one of my clients and I thought I would share that with you. My name is Matthew Ferry and I'm bringing you your daily enlightenment. It's your moment to pause, to slow down, to get connected to enlightened perspectives. I want to help you to quiet your mind and restore your peace. So enlightenment, does it last forever? Does it come and go? Uh, once you achieve it, is that it? There's no more work to do? You know, what is the story with this? And what I'd like to do is I'd like to just read right off my screen. I'm here in New York City, uh, up in my hotel room. It's the weekend, I'm about to meet with all my Wall Street clients. And one of my Wall Street clients reached out to me and said, Matthew, I just, I can't get behind this idea of enlightenment because um, it just seems like it's about this permanent state of bliss and I just don't know if I'm going to ever achieve a permanent state of bliss. So I'm kicking the, the table here. So let me just read what I wrote back, okay? So this I wrote back to him. After experiencing various stages of what people traditionally call enlightened states, I can tell you that the idea of permanence is just marketing and storytelling, not reality. That said, it's not a bleak situation either. You know, general suffering can completely disappear for long periods of time. Extraordinary bliss can overwhelm you and make you feel like the luckiest person alive. Uh, but life is volatile. And you and I live in a world where, you know, there's all this volatility. We're living things. It goes up and down. And so what I want to do is I want to give you the back channel on my own investigation in consciousness and the ascent into what is traditionally called an enlightened state, these, these blissful oneness states. So here's the enlightened back channel. Early on in my life, nearly 20 years ago now, I started working to perfect Dr. Hawkins' methodology of measuring levels of consciousness using applied kinesiology, more commonly known as muscle testing. And in doing so, I actually developed my own methodology called the Rapid Enlightenment Process. Now, my objective has been to find, release, and recontextualize the blocks to, uh, that are, are blocking me from raising my own consciousness and, and ascending into what is called enlightenment. And I typically use um, enlightenment and quiet mind uh, interchangeably. I switch back and forth. So I didn't do this project in a vacuum. You should know that. Uh, I used a team approach with the idea that, uh, and I had this idea that every diagnostic muscle test about my consciousness and the subsequent blocks were probably wrong. That's where I just started. I was like, in the beginning, I just assumed that muscle testing uh, was just my imagination and my body was tricking me. That was my philosophy. And my philosophy was that muscle testing about my consciousness really can only be uh, verified as right or correct or, or whatever um, if other people could replicate the same test. So for many years, you need to know this, for years and years and years, my diagnostic muscle testing was not able to be consistently corroborated by my team. 
But with diligence and willingness to be wrong and thousands of hours invested, I figured it out. And, and I am literally the enlightened crash test dummy. I mean, for years, I slogged through the process of discovering what blocked my enlightened state. And I found the aspects of my own consciousness which lived in the delusion that survival was important. I painstakingly recontextualized the illusions of my own importance, value, my own needs, wants, and desires. And ultimately, I came to a place of extreme neutrality. So the result was sort of a Nirvana Groundhog's Day, okay? Over the last decade, everything accelerated, and I reached many, many, many versions and variations of these Nirvana states. And they, you know, they're, they're mostly fleeting moments that were both precious and amazing. And with each new moment of bliss, lasting anywhere from 15 seconds to literally days on end, um, over and over and over, I experienced variations on the themes of oneness and unity and bliss and ecstasy and joy. And, and um, probably the most common was just like, whoa, right? Ah, oh, like, holy smokes. Unfortunately, though, as fast as these amazing states appeared, they also subsided. The monotony of life swallowed up the, the bliss and pulled my attention back to business and family and daily routines. So, you know, look, I'm like you. I don't live in a cave. I haven't renounced my social responsibilities or isolated myself from the world in an effort to protect myself or protect my enlightened state. Staying in the world has been a conscious choice for me. And I've decided as a matter of personal choice and integrity to stay here, to stay here with my wife, my four kids, all the clients that I serve with our two businesses. And the truth is, I do feel pulled to leave society on a regular basis. But my current view is that the enlightened state itself is the next iteration of human experience. I have this deep, intuitive feeling that ultimately humans are going to live with each other in this state. And that idea, that idea has a stronger pull for me than the, the, the selfishness and, and sometimes the delicious idea of removing myself and isolating myself from, from the world. So here I am, I'm on the 32nd floor, overlooking New York Central Park, writing a blog post, and now I'm reading the blog post to you on a Saturday afternoon. So the question is, do the Buddhists have it wrong? And I will say this, that the interpretation of the Buddhist text, at least as I understand it, of enlightenment as a permanent state of nirvana is a nice idea, but probably rooted in lore and ancient spiritual marketing. You know, we hear the stories told by well-meaning people, enthusiastic about sharing what they have experienced. And I understand the, the enthusiasm can be incredible because the experience can be so mind-blowing. I mean, the Buddha included, right? We could also look at Jesus and Muhammad and Krishna, right? It's like these people experience these things that are just like, whoa! The, you know, you, you hear uh, the Maharishi or you hear uh, some of the people out there in the way you look at uh, Eckhart Tolle, right? And you just think, you know, whoa, right? They're enthusiastic about this message. And I know that uh, for myself, it's very challenging. 
It's very challenging to teach and promote the idea that this state will be progressive and that it will come and go and that it's volatile. And I sometimes look back at my own you know, writings or teachings or lectures or even a daily enlightenment and I think to myself, eh, you know, Matthew, uh, you make it sound like it's like never-ending orgasmic bliss and uh, that's simply not the case. So it's certainly not my intention to exaggerate. But I notice that describing the enlightened state as an aspirational objective to my students is difficult to do without the mind of the listener saying, like, yes, my problems are going to finally be gone forever, right? It's just, it's really hard to describe the state and have people not think that. So contrast creates a volatility, a volatile enlightened experience. So the more you experience enlightened states, the more volatile it becomes, which is really wacky, right? So think about it. The more you experience the enlightened state, the more volatile it becomes. The beginning stages of enlightenment are experienced by a huge group of people on the planet right now. Today, people are experiencing a loving state. That's a beginning stage of an enlightened perspective. There's other people who are in a, uh, an experience of joy just for being alive. That's a beginning stage of an enlightened perspective. And a rare few people are in deep, deep states of peace in the chaos of the world. That's an even deeper state of an enlightened perspective. But entropy still gets the best of us. These wonderful experiences are interrupted by the survival mind's insistence on keeping us safe. And in the beginning stages of enlightened consciousness, the survival mind is very much still active. You still question whether you are infinite or not. Survival still feels very important. Money, status, success, and approval from others still appear to be important and relevant. And until these illusions are transcended, there will be harsh, contrasting moments of doubt and uncertainty. And, and the contrast can be very disconcerting when you're in a feeling of peace or joy or flow or whatever, and then all of a sudden, boom, doubt or uncertainty. And because you have fleeting moments of bliss, the negative side effects of life's experience is more intense. And it does take practice recontextualizing it. It takes practice staying focused on enlightened perspectives. Survival perspectives are the norm, right? Not enlightened perspectives. Enlightened perspectives are not the norm. Survival perspectives are the norm. And they seem so much more relevant. And we're just surrounded by them all day, right? So to quote the, the back cover of my book, Quiet Mind, Epic Life, enlightenment is not a place. It's not a destination. It's a state. It's a point of view. It's a contextual framework that makes living an epic life possible. So here's my conclusion. Enlightenment is a contextual framework about one's existence. And at the heart of this contextual framework is the recognition that the source of life for you is the same source for everyone and everything, that, that we're essentially all the same thing, expressing itself with infinite variety. And the experience is that all is well and that nothing needs changing or bettering. 
Now, your life, people, circumstances, bodily rhythms, sleep cycles, weather, they all create volatility. It has an effect on your ability to maintain this contextual framework. For example, when the body is degraded, survival consciousness kicks in automatically to save the day, and your bliss is literally replaced by fear and uncertainty. That's survival consciousness. Now, the novelty of achieving profound peace and oneness for the first time is overwhelming. It is a very novel and joyous experience. But when you get used to it, then it's not so overwhelming anymore. You know what I'm saying? The base state of enlightenment really is actually nothing. It's neutral. And as neutrality deepens, you have progressive moments of intense positive emotions followed by revelation. So as your neutrality with the world deepens, you, you have these moments where you're just like, whoa! And then those moments radically alter the course of your life. But those moments really don't last very long. You know, the, bo the body does its best to find its balanced state again. Too much positive energy is just as imbalancing as too much negative energy. So enlightened perspectives take practice, just like anything else. So that's the end of the article that I wrote. My name is Matthew Ferry, author of Quiet Mind, Epic Life. And I'm hoping that you will like this. Will you like this Daily Enlightenment or share it or leave me a comment? I'd love to have your comments on what you thought about what I would say are, is the volatility of enlightened states, the impermanence of it. I'd love to hear from you. That is what tells all these big platforms that this is an idea worth sharing. If you like it, if you, if you share it, if you comment. Uh, you can also subscribe to my channel. I put out new videos, new daily enlightenments, new audios. If you're listening to the podcast every single day, I'm here in New York City doing one for you today. And I would love to have you and I be connected in that way. You could also join us in the Spiritual Hooligans Facebook group. We got a whole bunch of people over there. We're all talking about this stuff. Thanks again for tuning in to this daily enlightenment. <laughs>